Allman Brothers Band, man. Absolutely. Pretty American. Dude, do they get more Americana than the Allman Brothers? Honestly. Yeah. That's beautiful. Blues, you know? <laughs> That's right, man. Dude, from Jacksonville, Florida. No, is that where they're from? I yeah. They're from Georgia. Uh, oh, so based out of Georgia. Wow, I guess uh, the original dudes, the Almond, the uh, the uh, the Almond Brothers, the actual brothers, uh, were from the Almonds. Yes, from <laughs> Jacksonville, but they started the band. It looks like uh, there in Georgia. So good call, my man. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had to look up if they were American. <laughs> really? Well, I, I I knew it, but dude, I've been fooled before, so. It is tough. There's a lot of, I don't know, man. I, the more that we dig into the American-based music and Americana music, I, you're, you can almost immediately tell, in my opinion, the British folk. Like Now it's like the Queens and the, uh, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. They seem more obviously British to me. Yeah, I guess they... Uh. These American bands, dude, they were all about like... Bushy beards and jeans and like you so, know. See, I, you know, what gets me is uh, I was trying to think of what they were. So like ACDC and then there was another one. They're Australian. It's not even like the British that are messing me up. It's the Australian. <laughs> yes, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a few I forgot weirdos. who else is Australian. It's like a guy, and I was like, I couldn't believe it wasn't American. <laughs> Australians kind of on the level with Southern American rockers. They kind of live the same lifestyle of like, yeah, kind of dirty. Not, not dirty, <laughs> or like kind of like you don't even want to call them poor. Not wealthy at all. It just, but it's not even like they're really trying. Well, how funny yeah. is it that I think I threw out some doors that uh, I consider that L.A.-based California rock and music. Uh, probably same thing with the Dead, right? But like uh, most of these. Most of the music that, you know, when you think about Americana, you're thinking Southern rock and Southern bands, man. You know, you're thinking yeah. Texas, Georgia, Florida, like... Uh, Louisiana, surprisingly, a lot of, like, bands that I looked up that are, like, from Louisiana. Where's CCR from, man? <clears throat> are they Louisiana? I feel like they're from the bayou. I could be wrong. Maybe California. They could be a California band that just uh, tapped into a sound. Before it became super hip, but <clears throat> Ohio too. Ohio's a big one. Well, and then uh, what's the other one that we talk about all the time? Uh, Detroit, one of the most rocking cities on the planet. Uh, hey, good call. CCR's from El Cerrito, California. That's right. I had a feeling Fogarty was a California man tapping into the Southern <laughs> rock. <laughs> I still lo I love John Fogarty. And I love CCR. I think CCR is very Americana. You know, they dude. They started the band in eighth grade. Wow, that's crazy. That is Sorry, really to... no. That is absolutely <laughs> insane. Are you talking about CCR? It, it says in El Cerrito, California, a, a lower middle class suburb of San Francisco. Eighth graders: John Fogarty, Stu, Stu Cook, and Doug Clifford. <laughs> they took matters into their own hands and did the natural thing. John, John, Doug, and Stu. <clears throat> That's fucking awesome, eighth, man. Could you imagine eighth graders, dude? That is crazy. That's when they formed, and then they stayed together. Like, you never kicked out the drummer, you know? Like, that's incredible. I think they eventually kicked out John Fogarty, if I remember correctly. Or John Fogarty may have screwed the other guys through. Oh, no, no, but, like, the Beatles was, like, right before they became famous. They're, like, about to get famous, and they're like, well, before we do that, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the drummer. That's right, Mike Best. Yeah. Yeah, dude. The, the drummer before Ringo. Yeah, what a, yeah. What a sucker, man. That sucks, They're literally, dude. like, about to sign a contract to go do an American tour, and they're like, all right, yeah, but first, we gotta swap this guy out. Well, maybe there was something to the fact that the Beatles, I, I have kind of posited uh, and theorized that they were in cahoots with the MI6 and the CIA and were utilized to kind of distract the public and the world on some level. Um, so m maybe, just maybe, the original fella said, I'm not in on this game and uh, didn't want to get you know down and dirty with the uh, alphabet agencies and 
So they said, okay, we'll bring in one of our own. And when they brought in Ringo Starr, who, he, look at him now, ageless wonder, maybe oh, an alien. Good, like, he, he could well, that's, that's, that's the karma, dude. That was the payoff. They brought in Ringo, but then they all died before him. <laughs> no, right. no, no, Ringo and the original drummer are the only, they're still alive. Wow. Someday they'll write a tell-all, I hope. I, I could see Ringo and I think the Beatles were <laughs> a little the more going gonna on write, The original drummer's going to write a book called If I Held a Grudge. Wow. <laughs> they talk about how he uh, would systematically execute them. Oh, no. I wonder if he's even still alive. Probably not, but. Uh, it is kind of goofy that they brought in Ringo Starr, uh, and who's famously like not a very good drummer. Like I think John Lennon did a lot of the drumming on, on several of the recordings. Yeah, but he, you know he fit in better. I'm not bashing Ringo personally. I love the guy. I think it's fantastic. He looks uh, the same and has for the last forty years. It's very impressive. I mean, I I saw a recent video of the guy like shopping with his wife, who's like 40 years younger than him, and he's 82, right? But he looks 60. <laughs> yeah, looks great. Dude, and Pete Best, still alive, looking great. Oh, I think there's something 80 here. 80 years old, dude. I can't believe he's 80. Man, there's something going on, dude. I am telling you. There's something weird with the Beatles. I, when I look back on the Beatlemania and the obsession culturally with the Beatles, there is... In my mind, they come up right when the CIA became a thing, right when they take out Kennedy, and it just almost fits too perfectly to have this brand new band, Beatlemania, sweeping the world. What an opportunity to use mind control and manipulation of the masses through media. Like, everybody listened to the Beatles. Like, they, they, they probably were able to manipulate in multiple generations of people. Yeah, where did you guys get all that acid, uh, John? See what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, they yeah. perfect their techniques, and what happens about a decade later? Oh, we got this funky new band called The Grateful Dead, man, and they're going to lead the counter-revolution, the counterculture, dude. And, like, I don't know. It's kind of all the music of the last... All the pop music is kind for of For sure, um, dude. They even did that for COVID and everything. All the pop stars coming together to sing Imagine. Oh, that's right, dude. Remember? I think that ruined some careers. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it ruined all of them. I don't yeah. think I've seen Gal Gadot or Will Ferrell in anything <laughs> since that video came out. Well, actually, no. The only thing that saved them was when the Breaking Bad dude did the video about ending racism. <laughs> no, did he really? <laughs> you don't remember that? No, man. I'm a goldfish like everybody else, dude. I can't remember. <laughs> he was remember like that. crying. He's like, I'm sorry. I will take the stand. Oh no! Was it because of, racism? Was this because of George Floyd and the Summer of Love? Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that's awesome stuff! Wow, <laughs> Summer of Love, never forget. So, uh, what's funny? Uh, it was in the news this weekend. Not a lot of hype behind it. I, I think I saw it on NPR actually when I was perusing this morning. But it looks like we are upon the. 10-year anniversary of Black Lives Matter? How? And oh, yeah, because what's his name? It started after Trayvon Martin, apparently. Uh, they discuss how that was the catalyst for Black Lives Matter, and you actually called my attention to the fact that Black Lives Matter is just a, a, a refresh to be fresh of uh, the Black Liberation Army. Yeah, from the 60s. From the 60s? 60s, 70s. Of yeah. which, uh, the Black Liberation Army, one of their leaders, recently died uh, this past week. His last name, Shakur, the father of Tupac Shakur. No way. Father or stepfather. I believe stepfather, now that I think about it. So CIA? Of course! <laughs> Dude, are you ready for this beautiful clip? Oh, yeah. What do you got for me, man? Absolutely. Take responsibility. I take responsibility. That's it. I take responsibility. I take responsibility for every unchecked moment, for every time it was easier to ignore than to call it out for what it was. Every not-so-funny joke. 
Every unfair stereotype. Every blatant injustice, no matter how big or small. Every time I remained silent. Every time I explained away police brutality. Or turned a blind eye. I take responsibility. Black people are being slaughtered in the streets, killed in their own homes. These are our brothers and sisters, our wow. friends, our family. Dude, we are done watching them die. how crazy we were. We are no longer bystanders. We will not be idle. Enough is enough. I will no longer allow an unchecked moment. I will no longer allow racist, hurtful words, jokes, stereotypes, no matter how big or small, to be uttered oh, no. in my presence. I will not turn a blind eye. Going for a job should not be a death sentence. Sleeping in your own home should not be a death sentence. Playing video games with your nephew should not be a Sleeping death in sentence. Your home. Shopping in a store should not be a death sentence. Business as usual should not be life-threatening. I stand against hate. I stand against hate. I stand against hate. I stand against hate. I will stand against hate in love. I will make my presence known. And killer cops must be prosecuted. They are murderers. Is that Michael Douglas? We can turn the tide. No, this is Aaron Paul. It is time Breaking Bad guy. to take responsibility. Call out hate. Step up and take action. <laughs> wow! <laughs> That's the funniest thing I have ever heard. Dude, that is 2020, man. That's where we were as a society. That they felt like putting that out was going to help their careers, and it was kind of, it's, it's so sad that it's just like forgotten about that these assholes did that. The summer of love, people. The summer of love. Oh, what a great clip, <laughs> man! Oh, fucking assholes. Killer cops need to be punished. They're murderers. Like, dude, take it easy. That's pretty embarrassing. I mean, to be caught up in all that like emotion and uh, activism, that's, uh, you know. Well, I don't have almost... the time to do it. <laughs> Dude, I would love to go back through this list and see how many of them left L.A. because of the crime in the past three years. <laughs> that's since, right, man. Since that video was made. Good call, dude. And, like, <clears throat> it's just, uh, you have to either stand up for what you believe in or don't if if you're gonna stand up for stuff that you're just like uh, oh that's the new thing that's the current thing yeah yeah let's make this commercial and uh you know I'll be really hip then you're gonna embarrass yourself man that's yeah, it's that's laughable a, that is ridiculous the, the the piano I love that piano <laughs> that's my favorite part about that whole thing no and it's in black and white I knew thing. oh I like... Mike I the music's in black and white do you hear it. <laughs> The whole thing is, you can feel the black and white. Of course it is. The drama. Oh, man. The pace that they, like, delivered the dialogue. Going on a jog shouldn't be a death sentence. Like, whoa. Sleep, okay. Let's... Sleeping at night shouldn't be a death sentence. <laughs> sleeping at it night. Is if you're black. Wow, man. I, I absolutely love that. That was the summer of love, man. We all experienced that beautiful time where COVID was only attacking conservative MAGA supporters and everybody <laughs> on the left could go out and just rage protest and set everything on fire. Remember that beautiful summer of love? Mostly peaceful? It was great. Oh, so man. Chaz, I still have my Chaz tattoo. Do you have your Chaz tattoo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting to move back in. <laughs> yeah, what are they going to... As soon as there's vacancy. Yeah, man. Can't we all are looking to forward to moving to Chaz? That's right, dude. What, dude, what a blast from a not so distant past. Uh, yeah. 20... That's literally like three years ago, last month, I think. We were just talking about something with uh, the COVID vaccine passports, I recall, and how that was like January two thousand twenty-one. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, or Jan or January 22. Now no, that it I'm was like in 21, because <clears throat> well, it was like the end of 21, because uh, the the shot came out. Remember, like the big thing was so 20 January 2021, Joe Biden took over, and at that point, only elderly were able to get it. 
That's and right. Like okay. First responders. So, so the whole joke was he actually got his vaccine under Trump's presidency. We were still talking vaccine passports in January 2022. And yeah. what's crazy about the time warp of the last three years is people have not only forgotten how insanely melodramatic these idiots and buffoons were acting over George Floyd and the Summer of Love, which was really just violent protests where they're burning cities. Uh, it's the scenario that unfolded where... Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself. Uh, that was such an insane time. And then not only that, we are just about a year or so removed from vaccine passports. Yeah, we're over a year. Not, not too far. The, the ago, thing about the vaccine passports is it didn't work enough to have affected enough people. That's why you can't get the outrage over it. That's actually Ron DeSantis' biggest problem. <clears throat> I agree with you. He's struggling right now. I saw something where he just like fired his whole whole campaign staff or something. His messaging is falling apart. No, I don't think so either. Uh, you you cannot uh, go against an unstoppable force of nature like Donald Trump. Yeah. The the that. The Donald Trump, the MAGA movement, that is organic, baby. You just can't infiltrate it on any level. All these people that are on that train are saying, hey, Ron, you seem like a great dude. Come back in four years. I know, but it, politics just doesn't work like that. That's what they're and saying. My, and what kills me is like you guys are just you're assuming Trump is going to win. I really don't think he... I really don't think he can win. I don't know. Well, I... 2016, you know what I've been obsessed with are the videos of him from 2016. The reason he won is he, he had a totally different attitude in 2016 than he did in 2020. I just saw the thing where uh, they were doing the debate or the town hall and a guy asked Trump and uh, Hillary to, to compliment each other. <laughs> nice. And, yeah. and Hillary goes first. And the only thing she could come up with is you know, his children are really great, right? And it's like this dig. Everybody gets what you're saying in that compliment. There's nothing That's good right. to say about the man, but his <laughs> children turned out okay, right? Oh, yeah. And then his turn comes, and he goes, uh, he goes, I don't think it was meant to be a compliment, but I'm going to take it as a compliment because my children are really great. And uh, as far as Hillary, you know, she's a fighter. She will fight to the end. I always give her credit for that. And like, he actually complimented her. That's and I, right, like, yeah. And it's like, dude, I don't think... It was like in that 2016, it was almost like he wasn't playing the game. Does that make sense? And that's why they hated him so much. Well, he was that's a true they... outsider. But, but that was why they couldn't touch him, was because he wasn't even playing their game. Right? When you gave him the opportunity to attack you, Hillary... By doing that stupid little display of passive-aggressive <laughs> whatever you wanted to do there, right? Those were the opportunities he didn't take. <laughs> you know what I mean? He actually was just a straight-up guy. But then later on, and you know, he would say something about I don't know. He just wasn't playing the game. Whereas in 2020, you aren't, the tw his 2020 campaign, he was really indistinguishable from the other just narcissistic assholes running for president. And 2020 you know? was rough. I think the... His record with the pandemic wasn't as strong as he thinks it is. I think people saw him as weak and kind of co-towing uh, the line along with Fauci and company, and I, I think that really damaged yeah. him. Unfortunately, we, we are upon a new election cycle, believe it or not, and uh, Tucker Carlson was like the host of uh, I, some event. It was all over the social media web uh, environment. Uh, he kind of uh, took to task several uh, front runners and dudes who are uh, trying to run for president in 2024. One of them being, Mike, a guy who you played a clip for us very recently, and I admired the clip, and I thought it was a, a pretty fascinating, uh, you know, 
experience hearing for the first time in my in my life Mike Pence talk. Uh, <laughs> did you catch the uh, Mike Pence Tucker clip floating around over the last no. couple of days? All right, so uh, <laughs> you you framed Mike Pence as a guy who kind of was middle of the road, actually, maybe a more what uh, a classic conservative. I didn't say middle of the road. I did, yeah, classic conservative. Classic more, conservative. He more though wants the presidency to kind of go back to the background, being quiet for sure. Which I thought yeah. was uh, absolutely great. I, I I'm way into that, uh, to be totally honest. But uh, so Tucker had Mike Pence on, and all the people got just all bent out of shape over uh, a Mike Pence response here to a. Uh, uh, badgering Tucker question, which is why Tucker, dude, no matter what, you're still in the bottom three talks, man. It's just why you're <laughs> there. there. This is the reason why you're there. We're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you, I know you're running for president. You are, distra- you. You are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet, your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. (laughs) Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. So he's going to go on. I'm going to play it. But everybody was losing their mind over him saying, it's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. And as president of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. And we're going to make sure that we have men and women on our courts at every level that will stand for the right to life and defend all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. And as President of the United States, we will secure our border, we will support our military, we will revive our economy and stand by our values, and we will also lead the world for freedom under my administration. All right, yeah, there it is. And uh, so did, I don't know if you caught yeah. it, but everybody was talking about the, the own from Tucker about, like, how could you be focusing on Ukraine and not dealing with stuff at home? And I... I'll, I don't think a lot of people heard the rebuttal from Pence, which I thought was kind of awesome. I thought he kind of nails it right there, actually. Like, I, yeah, but he talks too slow and he's too sleepy, so you can't. It's not a good clip. No, know? it's not good for him. I, I think the ultimately the the public has uh, reined in on this. You will hear it about it all week. The Daily Wire guys are going to obsess over it. I guarantee. Uh, you know, this is um Mike Pence getting rocked by Tucker. Uh, everybody else got the hard grilling from Tucker Carlson, it sounds like. Tucker's like a star now. What happened here? Yeah, he got fired. I, I, well, I don't know. I guess it goes to show you the mainstream media, is re- they're just really like, uh, they're just a ball and chain that are holding you down from your potential. All right, well, uh, I gave you the Tucker takedown on Pence. What's your take, Mike? Are you still a Pence fanatic? Oh, I was never a Pence fanatic. Ah, uh, all right. Yeah, okay. yeah, you're, taking, you're changing my words. I just said I never really listened to the guy. Once I did, he kind of changed my opinion on him. I, I like him. Uh, I think I'm glad he was there as the vice president. He'll never win presidency. He's no. too weird. No, he'll never get uh, there. There's no doubt about it. Should, it. I was just thinking about the other day. The guy who wins the presidency... Like, we should literally have to close airports and, like, find him trying to escape the country to force him to be the president. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we need a guy that doesn't want the job, you know? Yeah, uh, a dude who Everybody that's running for it is just so shitty. 
Like, I don't even... And then anybody who you think would be good, they don't want to get anywhere near it. Well, then we should have nominations for president, not people declaring they're running for president. That's a good call, yeah. Like, people who aren't running... And I could definitely see all sorts of corruption behind it, but either way, you know? Like, somebody's like, I declare for Big Mike Obama to run for president, you know? (laughs) Big Mike! Uh, uh, Big Mike is coming. Uh, well, either way, there's a lot going on in the news, and a lot of it is kind of depressing. I, and I get it. We we need to kind of refresh to be fresh and kind of help ourselves out mentally. Happy news is is good, and we need to hear more of it. And so I've got some happy news, Mike, that I thought you would just love to hear about, and uh, I think this could touch all of the heartstrings around America. You may remember the story of these beagles from a year ago. 4,000 of them rescued from a breeding and testing facility in Virginia after an undercover investigation. I'm like, uh, who owned that testing facility? I, I can't believe you're not going to say <laughs> Anthony Fauci's name. You fucking guys couldn't stop saying his name during COVID. <laughs> Is there a guy? He kind of used to be very popular. I think Brad Pitt played him on SNL one time. This dude, what's his name? He threw out that first pitch. He was the only guy that go to a baseball game for an entire year. Oh, Tony, who's that? I go by Anthony. Anthony Anthony Fossey. You don't know? You never met me? (laughs) He used to. Run a beagle testing facility uh, with the bot flies, and uh, one of four got shut down, unfortunately, for him. To, to be fair, that was before I found my true love, killing grandma. <laughs> uh, nothing gives me hard like a grandma dying behind plexiglass. <laughs> The Humane Society stepping in to find them forever homes. For something of this magnitude, this is what our animal rescue team does. Cameras capturing the first few hundred dogs going to shelters. Oh, good girl. The puppies tired from the journey. I want to remind everybody out there that these puppies were rescued from a facility where Dr. Fauci was running tests where they would cut their vocal cords and then put them in a box and these bot flies would eat them alive. Okay, now, sweetie. These puppies, Frank, they're tired from the journey, not the torture before the journey. <laughs> Just so you know. But now, a year later, a freedom slash... It's probably got some sort of adrenochrome link, right? There's like a, a puppy adrenochrome <laughs> that's like better than the children or something? No, it's it's not as good, but it is cheaper. <laughs> For this group of rescued beagles. It was like they didn't miss a beat. They were tumbling all over each other, tugging on toys. Cindy Leak and her family from Virginia first volunteered to foster the beagle. Cindy then Leak ended up okay. keeping Why Finn, are these stories while the mom fake? Violet and the other dude. pups eventually went to new homes. Seeing their faces, these seen... names are not well. There's a writer strike. Uh, to be fair, oh, and so... never... no, but this guy, whoever's writing this story, he had a leak on his faucet. He's like Cindy, Cindy, Cindy Leak. Okay. Put him next to Joe Pistol, and uh, that's what you're psycho. He was just le- he leaned back in his chair. He's like ah. Nothing will be as good as Joe Pistol, though. <laughs> I'm still laughing at the fact that they bought Googly Moogly. Great, uh, great Googly Moogly. Floppy ears and knowing that they were in need, we were eager to jump forward and help. Okay, you wanted to eat, you were eagerly going to help these puppies from whose facility again? Nobody's telling me who was running this facility. The Leak family <laughs> was not alone. Rescue organizations and families across the country jumped in to help. Cindy, making sure the family. I mean, if it was like L'Oreal testing shampoo by pouring it in their eyes, you would have said L'Oreal about 900 times right now. Not one mention of the company testing them. Not one mention of the person in charge. A company? It wasn't a company. It was our government. Well, I was going to say, spoiler alert, the company's name is the U.S. government, and uh, the guy running the operation, his name is Anthony Fauci. Beagles stayed in touch, and finally this summer, that special. Uh, go by my middle name, Raymond. <laughs> That's a tremendous gift. It forged a new experience for our family as well. Um, that that was really valuable, and I absolutely will do it again. All right, so they never mentioned that it was Tony Fauci's facility. Oh, it was the NIH. Hilarious. They were doing all this disgusting, bizarre torture testing of these beagles and this 
institution came in, stepped in, and saved these 4,000 beagles from being tortured to death in Tony Fauci's testing facility in Virginia. One of. One of one four. Of. One of four, dude. <laughs> uh, so, look. This was just the Jeffrey Epstein Island of Tony's torture facilities. This is the one that he let the government have. <laughs> so, look. Beagles, that's tough. Uh, what a tough anniversary uh, to just pile on to what I'm going to call, quietly, the toughest week of 2023 for Tony Fauci. <laughs> the vaccine turns out it's back in the news. Republican Party leaders on the Space Coast are minutes away from officially calling on the governor and other state leaders to ban mRNA-based COVID vaccines immediately. I-Team Chief Investigator Mike Magnoli has more on Excuse what me? exactly is going on. Mike. Good evening, everybody. Well, in their own words, the leaders of Brevard County's GOP say that they believe the vaccines are a biological weapon. As you say, this is the executive committee of the party in Brevard. They haven't hit send on this letter yet, but that vote coming up at 630, and I'm told it's fairly likely going to pass. If it does, they're asking state leadership to make it illegal to give or to take mRNA vaccines in Florida. That's a tough week for Tony Fauci. In this four-page letter, complete with footnotes, Brevard County Republicans cite sources which led them to a stunning conclusion. Here it is in their own words. Government agencies, media and tech companies, and other corporations have committed enormous fraud by claiming COVID-19 injections are safe and effective. Strong and credible evidence has recently been revealed that COVID-19 and COVID-19 injections are biological and technological weapons. If approved, this letter will be sent to Tallahassee at a time when a grand jury requested by Governor DeSantis is investigating... How did Alex Jones change his voice to sound like this <laughs> ...very same vaccines. That grand jury's job is to determine whether pharmaceutical giants who brought the mRNA vaccines to market broke any laws and should face charges. It's already illegal to require anyone to get the COVID vaccine in Florida, but if state leaders go along with Brevard's request, no one in Florida would be allowed to get those vaccines. Today, the federal government sent a very different letter to drug companies calling on them to make the COVID vaccines cheaper and more accessible, anticipating an increase in demand come flu season. Yeah, because they're going to get everybody sick again and try to do another pandemic this fall. Coming at you. Beware. Uh, You see the scariest thing that came out, too, is uh, they're trying to give the power to the World Health Organization to force lockdowns on countries. That's right, man. That should frighten everybody. Oh, dude. They're going to try and do it again. And oh, sooner, sooner than we think, I, I, you know, enjoy this summer. This could be our last one. I think they need a lockdown for the election in 2024. Well, I, I don't see them running a campaign. <laughs> I mean, dude, Joe Biden's campaign for 2024 is the same as 2020, just non-existent. Yeah, man. And they need a lockdown for, I don't know. They need to, like, cut checks to people again. They need some sort of reason. They're going to unleash some sort of virus. Uh, I saw some clip floating around. It was a doctor, some guy on YouTube who uh, has been putting out all this stuff about the vaccines and a rumble, if you will. And he um, has said it was, like, his last video and how, you know, coming this fall, it's going to be this incredible, this terrible disease, uh, this like variation of COVID is going to sweep through all the people that are like triple and quadruple boosted. Mm. And the governments are going to blame it on some new pandemic, but really it's just going to be the reactions uh, to the vaccines and how, I don't know, have you been seeing this? Uh, we haven't really touched much on it, but... There's um there's a lot of data now coming through about excess mortality, especially out of like the UK and Australia, and the numbers are starting to look a little bit undeniable. Like a lot of people are dying, and there's not a lot of kids being born. Yeah, it's not looking good. The numbers aren't looking good for people, especially in their 30s and 40s. Turbo cancers are on the rise. The the phrase turbo cancer, something we never heard of in our entire existence, is now th- a thing, and, and they're on the rise. So, uh, like, 
they just can't say it out loud, but like, oops, sorry, we poisoned you all. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I mean, how many billion people took these shots? Yeah, according to them. Right. And then the scary part is, what are they going to do with the rest of us that didn't? Right? If everybody dies off from these shots or we have some weird zombie apocalypse and, you know, the rest of us, man, we're just going to be enslaved, dude. But I, I, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I don't understand how, like, all you people that b- believed and were okay with the restrictions on, like, uh, you had to show your Vax passport and everything. It's like, how do you justify it after we have now, like, I never got it and, it, and COVID just went away. <laughs> that's right man you know what i mean like how are you justifying that in your head now that you believe that everybody had to get vaccinated to stop this thing <clears throat> and then it turned out no because the vaccine didn't even work and then actually it just went away on its own not only that they have studies now officially there's uh, immense amount of data coming out of the amish communities they never got covid and nobody died of covid in the amish communities and nobody got vaccinated yeah, I don't think anybody died of COVID, really. I don't either. I think it was the. I, mean, I think there was some new pneumonia or flu, some sort of thing swept through and it knocked out some old people. I think we used a lot of techniques that probably murdered people. I, you know, yes. I, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of the ventilation situations were just straight up murdering of humans uh, to boost the numbers. I think people who died of anything. It was just marked down as COVID because more money was given to those hospitals. And, well, it's a business, people, the hospitals, your medical industry, big pharma. It's all a big business. And so it's no doubt about it. I I think there's a lot of proof out there to say COVID never happened. Yeah, I I believe it, man. Then you see what these fucking, the same people, same people. You see what they're telling you now about this uh, aspartame? So I saw a little bit of aspartame, and uh, I'm curious what your take is on it. Uh, Do you have a juicy little clip for us on uh, this? This is a long one, but man, it's it's NPR at its best. It is an aspartame uh, popular in things like Diet Coke, I believe. It's It's like the sweetener of diet soda. It's in a lot of stuff, though. You would be surprised what you would find aspartame in, if I'm saying correctly. And and it's been, like, since the 90s. So you've been fucking drinking this shit for, like, 30 years. Some people their whole lives. There's no doubt about it, man. So, yeah, give give us the lowdown on the aspartame. And there's a little uh, discrepancy between the World Health Organization and the FDA. This is why I love this story. Yes, yeah. man. Because and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they're probably funded by different companies. <laughs> Yeah, Asper. <laughs> well, yeah, let's do a little aspartame. <laughs> uh, squeeze me, aspartame? <laughs> Baking powder? Yeah! <laughs> I'm a huge fan of this. The only- has classified the artificial sweetener aspartame as a possible carcinogen, meaning it may possibly cause cancer in people. The report has not landed well at the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The agency says it is reaffirming its conclusion that aspartame is safe. NPR's Allison Aubrey joins us now. Allison, how did the World Health Organization come to the conclusion that aspartame may possibly cause cancer in people? Hi, Adrian. Well, yeah, in recent years, there have been a few studies that have shown that people who consume the highest amounts of aspartame, typically from diet sodas, may have a slight increased risk of cancer. A committee within the WHO, the International Agency for Research on Cancer, reviewed all the evidence and used a classification system to rank aspartame as a possible carcinogen, meaning maybe it can raise cancer risk, it's not entirely clear, based on what it called limited evidence. Here's Dr. Francesco Branca. He's Director of Nutrition and Food Safety at the WHO. He was speaking at a press conference in Geneva. I think our results uh, do not indicate that occasional consumption should pose uh, a risk to most consumers. 
The problem is for high consumers. Now, currently, the allowable daily intake of aspartame set by the agency amounts to something like 12 Diet Cokes a day wow. for a 130-pound person. Oh, and my clearly, God. most people are not consuming that much. Nobody in America is 135. says what they're suggesting <sighs> is a bit of moderation, given the potential risks. But the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has a different take? Yes, the FDA came out quite strongly, and agency officials says they disagree with the decision to classify aspartame as a possible carcinogen, saying the artificial sweetener has been well-studied and is safe. The agency said its own scientists reviewed the same studies the WHO reviewed and determined that these studies have, quote, significant shortcomings with inconsistent findings. And so they're saying quite strongly they do not have safety concerns about aspartame when used as a sweetener in food and drinks. They point out some consumers may rely on products with aspartame to help reduce their sugar consumption. <laughs> Dude, <clears throat> do people not realize, though, that in a lot of countries, like, they don't sell shit we sell here because it's practically poison? Because it has aspartame? Well, there's a lot of other stuff going on yeah, in our food. Nobody knows what the fuck aspartame is, man. No, I think they're just coming out with a lot of stuff uh, that poisons you. Like, there's a big focus on the uh, forever plastic chemicals that are in our drinking water. I think what you're seeing now is they need excuses for the vaccine uh, effects, <laughs> honestly. I don't know, man. This one, it kind of coincides with the spiking in uh, cancers and everything. I think this has more, so I think this definitely really has something to do with it. I mean, the, they like laughed at the fact that they're like, well, no, they say that the healthy is anything less than 12 cans a day. There's a lot of people out there that are drinking more than 12 cans a day. Really? Seriously? Uh, Dude, that's so much, man. Like, that's... Um, Dude, I... I, I mean, <clears throat> you wouldn't believe how many people, like, have their own personal two liter. The soda is maybe complete poison for you like there, there's nothing good in those drinks and it yeah, just makes diet it makes you more thirsty there's all <laughs> these chemicals and it's just honestly you'd probably be better off drinking like that sugar cane coca-cola they sell from mexico like that's probably way better oh, for you just because absolutely. it doesn't have that high fructose um Corn syrup that they're rocking. Well, it depends what you want. Do you want diabetes from sugar, good old diabetes, <laughs> or do you want the cancer from the aspartame? That's right. Dude. I know it blows my mind because I I'll hear it pretty regularly where somebody will be like, "No, I don't really drink water," and you're like, "What do you, what do you mean?" Yeah, like, that should be your number one beverage. The water should be the number one liquid you consume. For me, it's water and beer. Yeah, if you took away beer, I would pretty much be exclusively water. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. I made a conscious choice in my early 20s. I became uh, you know, a big fan of drinking cold beer, and I would still dabble in the soda from time to time, but I decided that if I wanted to avoid any kind of uh, fate of obesity, then I'm going to probably need to pick one or the other. Be a soda drinker yeah. or a beer drinker, and I chose beer drinker. It's a good call. It's a good move. If you do both, if you're drinking the beer and then the soda or the pop, you know, sorry, I'm uh, exposing myself in my region here. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to scare away some of you pop drinkers out there. Drink that pop. <laughs> Give me some of that pop, man. <laughs> uh, the pop and soda, the soda pop drinkers out there, you know... It, I think you just got to go one route or the other. It's like the caffeinated beverage or the, uh, the or not the caffeinated, the, uh, the bubbly beverage, right? Which one do I want to really, go with? It was really funny because I was working with a Mexican, like an actual guy from Mexico. Oh, those are and, rare uh, these days. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And he brought, he like brought his lunch, you know? Oh yeah. And it was like eight o'clock in the morning and this guy breaks into his lunch and busts out this 12 ounce Canada dry ginger ale, right? <laughs> Very nice, man. And I look at him and I go, man, I don't think I could do pop early in the morning. Now I do, I'll do a Red Bull, but like pop in the morning just kind of seems mm. like oh, I can't do it. You don't do you a know? nice refreshing Prime. That's what all the kids are <laughs> oh, drinking. No. This show is brought to you by Prime. 
yeah. But but the guy uh the guy made me laugh so hard because he said uh that's not even really considered pop. He's like Canadian pop's not even really kind of like pussy shit. And then we got into a big laugh about how like yeah Canadian men aren't even really. Oh wow. <laughs> Maybe, you know, that Trudeau fella, not a man, but there are some manly really men man. out there. In yeah, I'm sure, like, the guys out in the woods, you know. Yeah, man, there's I'm some sure men out there. there. Oh, yeah. But the ones we see on TV, you guys are just like the ginger ale. Uh, barely pop. Wow, Canada's the ginger ale of soda. That's incredible. It really is, right? It's like... That's spot I'll on. Dr- I'll drink it because I don't really want to pop. But, you know, it's like I actually, pop and water. well, if I'm in a situation where, let's say it's a non-alcoholic uh, affair, I, I will gravitate to the ginger ale. That will be kind of my uh, thing. Ooh, yeah. Non-alcoholic, I go with the uh, carbonated water. Right on. Yeah, man. So, like, if I'm at, like, a soiree and I, you know, maybe not in an appropriate place to be rocking some beers, I'll do the uh you know, the vodka tonic. Mm. You know, the, the, I think that's kind of the route to go if you want to be a little classy with it. And you get that club soda in there or the tonic soda. Uh, you know, classy. maybe you know, vodka with the ginger ale. I think ginger ale is a refreshing beverage, you know. But uh, me personally, though, I, I, I hit that age. And when that, when that first bubbly, ice-cold, sweet, delicious Miller High Life hit my tongue, man. I I just knew from that day forward (laughs) I'm going to refresh myself and cool down with a cold pop. And by cold pop, I mean a beer. And that's how I'm going to go forward the rest of my life. As long as it's not a Bud Light. (laughs) Yeah, no Bud Light, man. So Emma and I, we went to a barbecue birthday party yesterday uh, for some old friends and it was a wonderful time. It was in Boulder, and I love going down to Boulder, of course. Uh, and we decided to stop in at one of the local dispensaries, get some infused doobies, and then we wanted to make sure we showed up with some cold beers. So we went to the local uh, uh, liquor store right down the street, and uh, we got in there, and uh, we typically snag a 12-pack of the Miller Lights. They're easy drinking. You could have quite a few and not a big effect. You know, it's not like drinking a bunch of IPAs or stouts. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Miller Lite, kind of our go-to, uh, almost water. They're basically Michelob lights, right? And so uh, we're standing and looking at this uh, aisle of beer, and they only had the 16 ounces of the Miller Lite. And that didn't seem appropriate. So we were kind of jumping between... Uh, Coors Banquets and something else. I, I can't really remember. Uh, but neither of us mentioned um, the uh, Budweiser section, which is just right in front of our faces, right? And we're standing there. And overflowing. <laughs> and so there's this fella, a uh, little older than myself, uh, clearly a hardworking guy. You could tell by his work boots and his, you know, just the fatigues he was wearing. So he's holding a case of Budweiser, right? The king of beers, the classic. And he seems very unsure of himself. He's clearly also going somewhere to enjoy, you know, have a good time. And he's holding this Budweiser for a long time and kind of pacing. And then eventually he puts it back into the shelf, man. And he goes and grabs Rolling Rock. Yeah, I love Rolling Rock. And I, I... loved every moment of seeing this man go i knew what he was thinking like i'm going to this barbecue i just got off work i can't i can't be the guy that shows up with budweiser they're gonna make fun of me everyone's i'll I'll never hear the end of it there's no way oh jim is that why your wife left you (laughs) he goes for the rolling rock man i thought it was fantastic and emma and i too we were there we had the choice (laughs) oh bud light you're really gay if belgium's less gay see what i'm saying and like and then for us we went with the coors even though coors does the whole woke rainbow flag stuff so woke. we didn't we would rather go local with the coors (laughs) banquet than any uh, we got to the party several coolers with ice we you know we opened all of them up to spread out the the banquets we bought and uh nary a bud or bud light (laughs) 
to be seen in any cooler, man. Like, not even an affiliate of Anheuser, you know, or anything. <laughs> like, nothing in this place, man. And uh, we uh, spread out the Coors Banquets, and uh, they were a hit, man. They were gone by the time the party was over. So, you know, people still dig on the banquets. Nobody... It is amazing to see, dude. It's amazing to it's see. It's pretty day, weird, man. dude, the effect that had on people, man. Like... Uh, same thing with disney it's like now these companies that are complaining like good good i hope you all lose (laughs) (laughs) youtube i hope you lose to rumble yeah man well you can get more videos on rumble at this point dude they uh, youtube has censored everything and everybody uh you can be logan paul and um whoever that other dingleberry is that he sells the prime energy drink with that's who. You, that's who you could be on YouTube. It, what is YouTube for? It's for gamers, right? Is that kind of uh, the uh, not even anymore, right? I think the gamers have moved on to other platforms. And then that new uh, Twitter thing that Facebook did. It's okay. like all about censor. It's like literally so we could. If you want a place where it's censored, come here. Threads. You know. Yeah. It's called Threads. Have you um, gone into no. Threads? No. Not at all. I'm not on any. I'm not on anything, dude. I don't do any of it. You don't do I the really truth. No threads. No, that's ruined. That ruined so many lives. It's over. I think this new generation coming up. They got it right. You know, they don't. They don't even want. I just read an article the other day. It said maybe the next biggest app amongst youth will be no app. Yeah, man. I it's love like, yes. that. Yes. They're starting <laughs> to go back to like. I don't know, regular communicating with people in person. You uh, are familiar with this. A lot of people in my life are uh, know this about me. I am not one who's by my phone all the time or at all. I leave it at home every time I leave as much as I can. Um, I was telling somebody uh, yesterday at the soiree we were at, they, we were discussing a, a text message we got late night from somebody that was at a game somewhere, and uh, I laughed how I saw it the next morning at like 10 o'clock in the morning because <laughs> on Fridays after work, I just shut my phone off and throw it in a drawer and I don't look at it for 24 hours. I'm just like, get this thing out of my face. And yeah, I, get, I get asked that all the time. They're like, you really didn't see my text? No. Dude, I saw it the next day. The next day, I put the phone away. I don't need it anymore. And I have a house phone. I have a landline and my family has the number to that landline. And that's about all I need to reach me, honestly, <laughs> at certain times. Yeah. So, like, dude. So sh- nobody ever texted in an emergency. You know, it's not like you're taken. And there's just yeah. something about having the device in the hand and being zombified and, and zoned out into it. And uh, you're not experiencing the world around you in any way. You're just lost in this device. And it just, uh, it, it's been a better experience putting it away. And, uh, you know, reading some books and hanging out and doing the gardening and, you know, just uh, watching the time go by. Yeah. And uh, that's the way it is. Speaking of time going by, Mike, we hit that 15-minute or so point. Oh, man, I had so many other clips. We could, <laughs> we could keep rolling, actually. I mean, there's nothing stopping us. <laughs> you want to do one more clip? Yeah, well, we, no. I bet you, I mean, if you want to do another, uh, we got fucked up there for like... Uh, you know me, I talked about on the last phone call how I'm watching my language, and then I'm like, oh, fucked up, dude. I know. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Notice I haven't dropped an F-bomb today. You know what I mean? Oh, and then the pen is ready. It's hot and ready. <laughs> uh, you, dude, we got plenty of time. Drop a clip. Let's roll, man. I'm in. Dude, I love this clip. John Kennedy, one of my favorite senators. Huge fan of this guy. Uh, He's, he's grilling this guy at the EPA because they're planning on spending $50 trillion. On uh, what? Like, what are they going <laughs> to... On us? I hope it's the roads. Can they spend some of it on I-25 here in Denver? Yeah, no, no plans to fix our roads. Nope, no plan to alleviate the traffic I'm in every fucking day. This I... is just to... Nothing for I-25, huh? All right, that's... <laughs> 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 Nothing to solve the 60 unsolved shootings in Chicago last weekend. $50 trillion. As, does any of that go towards the balloons that we have here in Denver? Because <laughs> somebody's got to get some control on those balloons. But maybe man. we can stop the wind. You know? <laughs> Call back. Yeah. If you could answer my question, if we spend $50 trillion 
to become carbon neutral in the United States of America by 2050. You're the Deputy Secretary of Energy. Give me your estimate of how much that is going to reduce world temperature. So, so first of all, it's a net cost. Um, it's what uh, benefits we're having from getting our act together and reducing all of those climate benefits. We're seeing. Let me ask again. Maybe I'm being. Right now. Maybe I'm not being clear. If we spent fifty trillion dollars to become carbon neutral by 2050 in the United States of America, how? How much is that going to reduce world temperatures? This is a global problem. So we need to reduce our emissions and we need to do everything we can. How much, if we do our part, countries. is it going to reduce so world we're temperatures? So we're 13% of global emissions. You don't right know, now. do you? You don't know, do you? You can do the math. We need to. You don't know, do you, Mr. Secretary? <laughs> you can do the math? Well, I thought you did the math when you asked for $50 trillion. Isn't this that we Absolutely incredible, man. Did, did you do the math to come up with the request for $50 trillion? No, no, you tell me. You're the one that wants the $50 trillion. <laughs> right? I don't think anyone's doing math anywhere in this government, man. It's a bunch <laughs> no. of clowns, dude, dancing in the camera, putting on a show, and these idiots have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, you don't even have a number for me? We're just going to spend $50 trillion? And if you read the comments, it's the best. <laughs> the left-wing media, or the lefties are the, they're just, they're all over it. Saying, Nobody could guarantee because we do it, but then the rest of the countries, if they increase their carbon output, it's like, yeah. That's the whole point. You're going to spend $50 trillion on nothing. Nobody wants to. get nothing. Nobody understands that we just don't have the infrastructure designed to generate the energy necessary to power all of this electric bullshit. And even no that's what they're saying is even if we do even if we go all electric, even if we go carbon neutral, it's not going to have any effect on the temperature. No, because we're idiots to think that we have any serious effect outside of the chemtrails and geoengineering. Uh we we don't have that ability. <laughs> I mean, Amy Goodman, almost every day of this week, was reporting on either a fire or a storm and, and, and started every story with, Man. as El Nino as that exasperates the human-led climate change. How it's more like <laughs> we put a little bit into the El Nino. You know what I mean? But, dude, how funny is it? Did you see that this past week? Like, ev the obsession with the heat wave and the extreme weather, and they're just pushing and pushing and pushing Climate change, man. What have I been saying? They need a new reason to lock us down and mess with our lives and restrict our freedoms. They, they're pushing the narrative. It's out there. They're, yeah, beating, sure. they're beating the drum. I, Amy Goodman, go, go check out Democracy Now's headlines from Friday. I believe the first 10 are about climate change on some level. <laughs> yeah. She mentions uh, Greta Thunberg like uh, 15 <laughs> times. Tunberry. Uh, she was in Ukraine. She was in Ukraine. You know who really needs cluster munitions is the Chicago Police Department. Oh, man. No, they need, <laughs> they need Batman, man. Or some Batmobiles. Let's just get a fleet of Batmobiles for the, like, uh, ten cops you have left. Right? Well, that doesn't help because of the uh, the decree. We uh, They can't chase them. This is all leading to probably a movie that predicted our future better than any other, RoboCop. And we're oh, just going to have robotic AI police patrolling the streets, just destroying and killing poor people at will, and the elites God. will just live in their own elite society. RoboCop kind of nails our future in, in a terrible way. Was he more man or more machine? Well, he still had the heart. I think that's <laughs> no. Did I don't have the dick. <laughs> yeah. What did they keep the dong? <laughs> or get a better one? Robotic. Well, that's what I'm saying. Would you want the robo dong, uh, or do you go with the uh, the original human dong? I think that depends on how selfish of a lover you are. If you're for <laughs> pleasure or your own, Frank. This is true. And if you go for the <laughs> robo dong, do you get it ribbed for her pleasure? I think that's the biggest uh -oh. question. It's black and it's ribbed. You know what I'm saying? 
yeah, you got to go Robo Dong. That's the vibrator, right? That's what we're all envisioning. Oh, it does yeah. the vibrating. It does everything. Yeah. It has the, uh, yeah, it's got it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the clit tickler at the front. <laughs> that's yeah. what I was thinking of the clit tickler. <laughs> <laughs> I would keep the human balls, though. <laughs> Just to show the machine who's boss, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. You still want the ball slam. <laughs>